Good, good. What's happening? Uh, well, today I want to talk about a problem that's uh, experienced all around the world. Go, do it. People die. Get out of here. No way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what I want to do is I want to solve for a lot of people who are dying for unnecessary reasons. What I want to do is I want to open a legal organ market. Okay. Okay. So basically, it's a marketplace. It's online where people can upload their organs for sale, charge whatever price they want, and we take a commission on every sale. Joe, I, I love your ideas, man. They are always way out there. I love it. Keep going. How does it work? Okay, so so the desirability for this, if we think about it, I think obviously people want to live, right? It's one of the number one things people are after. You, you just keep hitting the nails on the head. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so... Uh, if we have a look at it, 1,400 people in Australia, uh, on average, are on the waiting list for organs. In the US, uh, it's approximately 107,000. In the UK, it's 5,600. And that's the the official you know list. That's not even to talk about the sort of black market or the people who don't know they need new organs, right? So let's ha- if we look at the, the criminal marketplace behind uh, the illegal trade of human body parts, uh, around last year, that rates in approximately 2.3 billion, according to uh, financial criminal accountants. And <laughs> it's not bad. Right. Yeah. And so it's a big marketplace across the world, right? Uh, there are about 12,000 organs were monitored to be sold on this market. And out of those 650 were hearts and about 2,600 were livers. So, and each of these organs go for about $394,000 each. Right. So what I'm really doing is bringing this to the sort of Western world, right? And we obviously need some sort of regulation and, and to create some sort of legal test bed, but it's actually already happening in Iran. Okay. So it's it, there's already a legal organ market in Iran where people can buy and sell organs. Okay. Uh, I think if we did this, some effects, some economic effects that it would cause would be that if the legal organ market would increase the supply of organs, right? Which would then address the shortage and then save lives. Simple. Right? Pretty basic su- supply and demand. Yeah. Uh, and then this would, you know, it would effectively, just like the decriminalization of drugs in some countries, right? Like I think they've done it in South America. This would reduce the illegal market as well. But also, I mean, it could also potentially incentivize it. I don't know. Well, that will depend, like the harvesting of organs. So I think it's, it's a little touchy and it would need to be highly, highly regulated. Technically, it's feasible, you know, two-sided marketplaces. I'm pretty sure I found like an easy white label two-sided marketplace for startups that you can do 70 bucks a month. I should, I could almost start this tomorrow, just whack up my liver. <laughs> do, do not sign me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can, I can hear the sentiment in your voice. And that is, you know, is it viable? Is it a good idea? Well, there are some, some interesting points there. You know, there could be a risk of exploitation and inequality uh, where a market, where the market starts to favor those who can afford it. But I'd argue that that already exists within the existing sort of market where hospitals have boards and donor lists and, and that sort of thing, where it's probably favored you know, the highest bidder and there's a lot of backhand deals going on. Yeah, which, you know, there is the potential for abuse, you know, with, you know, illegal harvesting and then coercive behavior, coercing people to sell organs for money, that sort of thing. Um, and obviously, you know, the medical risks where, you know, increased amount of surgeries of, of people actually going in and, you know, taking out these organs is, is another thing. But, you know, you'd also, also probably get better at times, <laughs> better at harvesting and, and actually collecting the organs from a doctor's perspective so their skills would increase. I mean, I've, I've got a few, I've got just a few points about this. Like I said before, I think 
your ideas are always out there and amazing and they always get you to think. So I think that's amazing. I think the medical side of things, you know, one, the regulation and, you know, vetting the donors, because, you know, obviously if if that person has a disease or some kind of um, defect or something um, within any of those organs, you know, that's then going to pass on to the recipient of those donors. So how do you vet people? You know, you just, they can't just be a complete upload or a free upload. Like there needs to be some kind of vetting process which I imagine people on donors lists have to somewhat go through now. I think you've already kind of touched on it, the, the, the harvesting or the, you know, the sourcing of the organs. I think that's, that's probably the big problem. I imagine that's probably where a lot of the criminal activity happens. You know, you see movies where people wake up in the bathtub and, you know, kidneys out, all of that. So I think that sourcing, this doesn't necessarily solve that problem. It just makes it easier for them to then sell it. It actually gives them somewhere to sell. So, you know, potentially does that increase um, kind of that part of the problem? Um, I think the other one is, you know, what kind of, and this is probably just in organ donation in general, but what are the, I suppose, what are the organs that can be donated? Because I would imagine in most cases, you know, the patient or the, the, the giver or the donor has to have passed away because things like hearts, for example, liver, you know, you can't live without them. So a kidney, you've got two, so you could do that. What are the other things that could be donated as part of it? That's an interesting point, Dan. I think it'd really come down to what you think you can live without or, or, you know, medically what the doctor recommends as well. I get like, you know, you couldn't do your brain or your heart at this stage. Who knows how far Moore's law is going to take us, you know, with the, the advancement of technological chips and, yeah. and hard drives in the brain. But, you know, I'm just saying that if I thought I don't need both my arms to live the rest of my life and I'm, I don't know, at any age, right? And you really needed your arm because you love to do lawn bowls, right? You know, maybe I could give up my arm because you're going to pay me $500,000 or so forth. I, you'd start really question you like well that's a lot of money like yeah so how much do people value you can, you can put a value on on each body part yeah exactly and, and i think the black market has sort of uh started putting prices on these organs right so i looked up a number i think it was reported in the uh, london times within an article uh, i think the, the total body is worth about 45 million on the black market but that includes things like brain and heart you know which i'm assuming coming from you know people that have died yeah okay interesting mm. it, it all i mean i think part of the problem is there's heaps of demand but there's not enough supply and potentially, I mean, it'd be interesting to find out why people are going to the black market, whether it's they're doing it voluntarily or or not. But those who are doing it voluntarily, you know, perhaps there's a way to convince them to kind of go through or to become like a registered donor through whatever the current mm. channels are. But it sounds like the marketplace and maybe something like a marketplace already kind of exists within the hospital and, and within the medical system. Because there must be a way that, you know, if the doctor knows that their patient needs a particular body part, they're going somewhere to kind of look through a list of what's available. So, but maybe it's in terms of the supply rather than, you know, the doctors, I suppose, adding it to the list. You know, you've got the option of adding yourself or adding your own body parts or whatever it might be to that list. Yeah, I think it is actually illegal, though. That's the issue. It's like you're not allowed to sell. So, I mean, I can, need, need some lawyers to check this, but that's the issue, you know, you because you can donate, right? You can donate. But I'm talking about selling. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what this is a commercial, purely commercial arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> you you need okay. my arm, so I'll chop mine off if you give me four million dollars, right? And so you know maybe your healthcare provider will pay for that. Maybe there's another. Then that, you know you can see a lot of other industries branching out of this, right? You know insurance for this and 
and other you know financial financial businesses coming out of this and you could make requests it almost starts getting into like gene editing right and then you know oh i want to i want to make sure that my arm is you know from a highly athletic person do you know what i mean <laughs> someone that's been in the gym a lot you see what i'm saying and then there's there's a whole standardization of quality right you know i'd rather have yeah. a diff this arm from this athlete as opposed to yours right yeah my arm very athletic what if what if i want to mix and match what if i want what if i want one long leg and one short leg or something like that can i do that yeah exactly what about people exactly what about people who want to grow they want height right i'm six foot five right so maybe i'll i'll give up my legs i'll get prosthetic limbs or i'll sell my legs right for two million dollars each right and then i'll buy a shorter person's legs for a million dollars right so then i make a million dollar profit on each leg <laughs> you could <laughs> You're you're crazy. This this is a crazy idea. Well done. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. Happy to yeah. Let's talk let's talk about your idea. All right. Mine is not as crazy, I don't think, but it is a marketplace. So my kind of my thinking here, and it's not necessarily a problem. I think it's more an opportunity. You know, electric vehicles um, are becoming more prominent. They're growing by 2030 in the next kind of five, seven years. You know, it's going to make up a significant portion of the cars on the road, um, but they're very silent. And that does cause some issues. I think one of the issues is probably more mental in that as you're driving, because you're used to, um, you know, a petrol or a diesel car, you're used to the sound the car makes as you drive. So I think there's one thing. It's just that you know, getting used to the silence. The other one, um, which I know has been noted, is that, you know, for those who are blind um, or, or can't see or vi- that vision impaired, obviously a silent car, they can't hear it, which means mm-hmm. that potentially there's there's issues there. So the thought here, and I, w- I want you to hark back to the late 90s, early 2000s, when mobile phones were growing um, and ringtones was a huge market. It was a way to customize your, your ringtone, customize your phone, but basically it was a marketplace. So there was a whole host of different channels where you could go on, you could buy a ringtone for like, 99 cents wasn't much but 99 cents it was yours and then you could play it right what if we could do that but for sounds in cars so i know it sounds a bit silly but think about interior sounds like blinkers or buttons or the voice of an assistant or anything like that so the interior sounds and then your exterior sounds so those that people can hear from outside so the exhaust uh, the horn maybe it's a reversing light so you've got all these different sounds and given electric vehicles are predominantly connected and to be honest you could probably do this with petrol cars as well but focusing on the EVs, you know, they're predominantly connected. So what if there was a way that you could effectively set up a marketplace that creators could upload sounds to, and then the owners of the cars could download their sounds directly through the vehicle or through the app, and then assign those sounds to particular functions of the vehicle. So that's basically the idea. And look, I think, to be honest, I think it's a short-term opportunity. I think similar to ringtones, it will have a massive peak. You know, it'll be a novelty for a few years, five, seven years, maybe. But I think the manufacturers will probably eventually build that into their systems and it'll almost become part of that service. So buy a Hyundai, for example, and get access to the library of sounds as part of your purchase, or maybe as some kind of ongoing subscription. But I think there's a short-term opportunity to get this going, this really simple marketplace. You know, when the um, when the mobile phones were, were growing, so late 90s, early 2000s, the ringtone market peaked at several billion dollars. So it's, really? it's not it's not a small market. And if you sold, let's say there were five different sounds per car, and again, 99 cents 
you know, so you're talking what five, say roughly five bucks, five dollars per car. So, and this is something that I imagine could easily go global because the vehicles are the same roughly everywhere, or at least the system sitting behind them would be. So, I think there's opportunity here. Probably the hardest part will be getting the standardization with the manufacturers. So, if you're setting up a marketplace, obviously it needs to connect somehow, whether it's an API or something that you need to connect this marketplace to the actual vehicle. So how does the manufacturer set it up so that the sounds can be assigned to particular cars or particular sounds, sorry, and functions? Yeah. So look, I think there's a good opportunity here, short term, but I think it's a real one. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this idea, Dan. And what I didn't think of that you mentioned was the internal sound. I was thinking the horn, I get that and I've heard that, but the internal sounds like, I think that's really cool. You turn on your indicator and it, and it starts, you know, doing some sort of different sound instead of just like the tick, tick, tick. Like, I think that's, that is the most innovative part of what you're saying. That's really, I really, really like that. And to your point about the technical side, I can't really shine any light on that, but that you're right. I'd agree that that would be a challenge. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's a way though, right? And Teslas are really, you know, software. Cars are becoming software. I did actually have a startup in this place, Dan. I had a platform that was like GIFs, but sounds called Pitter Patter. So I, I know a fair bit about this. I like your idea of the marketplace. However, having people upload sounds and then selling them like ringtones, right? The creator market is not going to be that good, okay? So there's only a certain amount of sort of spectrum of, of sound waves, right? And so the creator market is not going to be that good from just like, you know, your generic, you know, home-based people who make sounds at home, right? Where the money to be made is, is from people like Disney or, you know, these massive brands like Universal or Billboard Top 100 and, and all the music companies, you know, you have the Taylor Swift's, Drake, uh, you know. So licensing, licensing yeah, existing music licensing. kind of sounds and music and... Correct. These are the customers that you're going to want to get in there. And they're going to be able to sell their sounds. Like, same with ringtones, right? If you remember, you know, have this song as your ringtone, right? And I was like, it will start playing like, you know, like all the crazy frog thing, you know, the... Uh, crazy frog. Yeah, yeah, crazy frog. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's like, they're the people that are going to be making the money out of this marketplace. It's not going to be your at-home sort of, you know, everyday creator. And I learned that in my, in my yep. startup. No, that's, that's a really good point. And I think it makes it easier to sell somewhat as well because, you know, going out to these big markets, they've got an existing library of sounds. You know, it should be an easier sell and you could probably make more money on that supply side as well, I think, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. They would have to, you know, switch onto it. You would have to do some marketing around getting to getting them involved and that would be a bit of a challenge as well. And I've lived that and <laughs> it's not very fun. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah well, you're right. I know you'd have to definitely work out the technical side first. And probably some kind of regulation as well, because I imagine you can't just have any exhaust sound, like you can't be swearing at people as you're accelerating. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, there'd, there'd have to be some kind of regulation around what you can and at noise levels as well, you know, it can't be too loud. And, you know, for an exhaust specifically, how does it work? Is it just a, a constant sound? Does it grow louder as you accelerate more? You know, th I think there'd be some guidelines around it mm. um, and regulatory, but I think, yeah, like we said, it's just probably that that connection between the creator side and actually assigning those sounds to the particular function within the vehicle. But yeah, absolutely. I, th I think there's an idea in it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just to just to build on it a little bit, I know we're sort of running out, running out of time here, but this is an idea from my father, right? My dad, he he said to me a long time ago, he's like, oh, I already ha always had this idea of, you know, putting a, an LED or a, 
you know, yeah, like a light LED band. Do you know how, yeah. where do you see it? I'm not sure where you see it, but but basically like an LED, one of those rolling screens, right? And you put it on top yeah. of your car and then it cycles through. Oh, do you mean a, through. a ticker, like an LED yeah, ticker? Yeah, like an LED ticker, yeah. And you put that yeah. on your cars and then it tells the outside world what the internal car is listening to in terms of music. So you're driving around with this thing on top of you says, oh, I'm listening to you know, Dave Grohl, da, 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 whatever, like, you know, Foo Fighters is on top or... I, I think the uh, that, that's an interesting idea. I do think it's probably for another day because the, it's basically an advertising medium. You can put anything on a content. You can put news, weather. You could actually get paid to display content on a, an LED type screen. Yeah, very interesting. I will we'll we'll bring that up. We'll, we'll bring that up on another another pod. That sounds good. All right. I think we're done. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.